0: Drill, baby, drill.
1: He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come.
0: It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton.
1: America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. This is a mess. And welcome to a Friday, November 4th episode edition of The Elephants in the Room. I was just
0: saying to Max that this week flew by for me, but apparently it did not fly by for him.
1: Well, I was sick in bed for half of it.
0: He was sick, which you'd think would make you feel like it did fly by.
1: But it doesn't because I have trouble sleeping no matter what. So I'm just, I'm awake in pain, sweating, staring at the ceiling. You know, I tried to watch. You know, one of the things that you get to do when you're sick is you get to watch trash television, if that's your thing, right? When you're a kid, you get excited when you're sick because you get to watch Bob Barker and The Price is Right. Alright. Maybe when the parents were in the other room, you switch to Jerry Springer, okay? Get a little Jerry Springer action in your life. Oh boy. If you know what I'm saying, alright? A little bit of Maury. You are not the father. Or you are the father. Okay? That was that was being sick growing up for me, right? A little Springer, little Maury, little price is right. And then in the afternoon, soccer comes on. European soccer. So Champions League. But I could not look at screens for an extended period of time. So I couldn't even enjoy watching sports or the news or anything else. The longest I was able to sit through was I watched Father Stew. And how was that? It was great. It was fantastic. The language would make you know people who watch Die Hard blush. Uh, <laughs> as my um <laughs> I, I've 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 heard this story many a times, but um my grandfather on my dad's side, um the family was watching Die Hard together and um and he said in the middle of it, What's he gonna do? Swear him to death? If you've ever watched Die Hard, you may have noticed the rough language that's in that movie. Hans! Bubby! Anyways, so I got to watch Father Stew, which, uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Um, Language warning, don't earmuff the little ones when you're watching it. Um, They're coming out, apparently, with a PG-13 version, which I think would be great, but honestly, the story of Father Stew, I think, is for people who... who... um, may not have had the easiest time, you know, have had some struggles in their life. And uh, I think it speaks to people who have had struggles in their life, not struggles with faith particularly, but actual life struggles, right? Not everyone has, you know, free and easy down the road I go in life. A lot of people have, are hitting potholes, um, sometimes potholes are an improvement you know on some people's life journeys so um so it's definitely one of those things where um uh i would definitely recommend um the movie it's a great story um an inspirational story a real life story a true story and um i'll be forewarned the last 20 minutes don't let anyone cut onions around you all right that's all i'm gonna say okay because i cried (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be you want someone to cut onions so you can blame it on the onions?
1: Well, the, the, that's a jo- the, the, the joke. That's the joke. You know that that uh, you know. Hey, let me tell you. No matter who you are, and I told my friends this. You know, I like as a uh, tearjerker at the end, and um, one of my buddies who um, who if you met him, you would uh, you would not um, take him to be the uh, the crying type. And he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, I watched it on a movie and I cried like a girl. <laughs> um but anyways, so I, I recommend Father Stew is a wonderful movie. Um and um, but anyways, you know, it has I get you know but 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 let's speaking of inspiration. hmm I continue every day to wake up. And I wish I I wish I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this last night, and I almost wanted to record last night because I had bursts of inspiration. But I was thinking about this last night, and then I wish during this election cycle I tracked on a scale of one to ten the amount of um, anxiety that I can feel from the political playbook email in the morning. (laughs) I, I, I wish I was able to track that on a scale. I wish I tracked that in a spreadsheet. Because they're at a full blown twelve right now. Oh, they're at a full blown twelve. The Washington establishment is panicked beyond all belief. Part of the panic is is that we we the house has almost kind of been written off at this point for the Democrats. That's kind of just already been con, kind of conceded in a weird way. Um, I think part of it has to do with the fact that in the 2020 election, for those of you without a library, or for those of you who only focused on one race, Republicans gained 14 seats in the House in 2020. There wasn't a single Republican incumbent in the House who lost in 2020. There you go. Pretty interesting, right? Now, we did lose three seats in the Senate. Two were... Uh, people who were um, interim senators, Martha McSally here in Arizona, who won a special election um, after uh, the passing of John McCain, Senator McCain, and uh, and then Kelly Loeffler, um, who took over after Johnny Isaacson retired in Georgia, and then the third loss was uh, was an incumbent Corey Gardner in Colorado. Okay. Um. But the two, two, two. Uh, well, uh, uh, that that was one of them, and then and then Purdue, Purdue ended up f- flipping in in Georgia because. Uh, well, what happened was there was basically it was a no confidence vote in Loeffler because she was. Well, she wasn't fit to be a United States Senator. She just. Well, we know what happened there, right? You know, I almost said Daddy bought her a Senate seat, but technically he's old enough to be your daddy. Her husband bought her a Senate seat, donated enough, uh, to the Republican Party and got her a Senate seat. And um, you know this is a woman who's clueless. Um, no, no right to be in the Senate. And um, and the Georgia voters <laughs> rightly found that out. Um, but unfortunately, the other other part of the Senate turned into a referendum on a national figure um, instead of a local election. And it's something that, and this is something that's highlighted in in this as we get into as we're about to get into the polls here, is that one of the fascinating things I think about this as we look at elections over the past couple cycles is how localized and how individualized these races are becoming. And we see this so much in the polls where you go, whoa, look, you know, like, let's take a look at Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. Oz and Fetterman, that's a dead heat. We think Oz is is probably gonna squeak it out, but every poll says something different. Sometimes Oz is ahead, sometimes Fetterman's ahead. But on the governor's side in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. there's no contest. The Democrats going to win by double digits. Hmm. So these things are interesting that they're happening, and we're seeing it a little bit here in Arizona where Carrie Lake conti- consistently polls ahead of Katie Hobbs by a couple of points. But Blake Masters at best ties Mark Kelly, or is maybe one or two points behind?
0: Well, we have some antidotal... antidotal. Is that how to say
1: Anecdotal.
0: It? Anecdotal evidence that some Democrats are going and just voting for Kelly and just refraining from voting from governor.
1: Well, that's true. That's true as well. But there's also, you know, speaking for this state in particular, I would say um, that there's there's cl- there's two there's two different things at hand here. One, Mark Kelly is a son of the state. He's a state hero, right? He's he's a well known, well liked figure in the state. You know, for lack of a better term, Mark Kelly is the kind of guy you want as your neighbor. Now, you don't want him as your senator because he doesn't really have his own opinions. He just does what Joe Biden tells him, which isn't really what you want as a senator. You want someone who's going to fight on behalf of your state and tell other people to go to hell on behalf of your state because that's not good for your constituency. (laughs) Um, But that's what cinema does. And that's why cinema is so popular. And that's why cinema is probably going to be reelected in this state. Um, She's not on the ballot, though. No, in a couple of years. Okay. Um, but Mark Kelly, as we were talking about in the car, really Mark Kelly's baseline in this election was he just really had to have a competent debate. Yep. Change a little bit, little a little bit of the view of him. And, um, and he did not clear that threshold. That's and wild. Blake Masters had a great debate, really took it to Kelly, and that Plus, you know, the push that Carrie Lake is kind of, Carrie Lake's at the top of the ticket. She's going to drag Lake Masters with him a little bit because I think a lot of people are going to look at Lake and then go, you know what, let's go with Blake as well. I, I think there's going to be a lot of that that happens. Um, it's not going to happen in Pennsylvania. It doesn't look like. Pennsylvania is its own set of circumstances. <clears throat> the other thing about Arizona, keep in mind, Blake Masters, carpetbagger. I don't mean say that to be I mean. I thought he I, said
0: I, he was from here.
1: Well, from here, but has basically lived his entire life in California.
0: Really? I thought huh. Stanford.
1: Stanford worked for Thiel in California, moved back here. Oh. Uh, yeah. So there's there's a little bit of did that. Did he grow up here at least? Spend time here growing up.
0: So what is his connection?
1: Yeah, I mean he lived here, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think okay. he's I think he might be originally from here, but is he he falls into the category of, did you move here just to run for the Senate seat, kind of thing,
0: mm.
1: you know, and that and that happens here, and that's a sensitive issue here, kind of in in Arizona of, and Wait, like it is anywhere. Why are has you Kelly here?
0: lived here his whole life?
1: Oh, Kelly's a native, born and Yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so, but Carrie Lay kind of falls into a different category of, she's someone who moved here and never left. Yeah. Which is eighth. Which is.
0: And in 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 ingratiated yeah i mean she's into the community yeah
1: yeah like and that's the thing it's like hey if you if you want to come to arizona you stay in arizona because we all know this place is paradise this is the best state in the union the
0: best state in the union but also like don't come unless you're republican
1: exactly (laughs) precisely Precisely. so so and it's the same thing in pennsylvania you know i mean one of the things that oz has to run up against is the fact that he's not from pennsylvania he's not a pennsylvania native he doesn't have any ties to pennsylvania he kind of looked at an option to win a Senate seat, you know, and this stuff happens over time, but it's something that you have to recognize and overcome as a candidate. Um,
0: I'm surprised some of these States don't have some sort of stipulation that says you need to have lived in the state for X number of years. or well, something. Okay. Hillary,
1: Hillary did it. Hillary. I know, but like, bag. I'm
0: just like, this obviously happens all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm just surprised that no one's ever bothered to mm-hmm. put it, put a law around it.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, all you have to do is meet the requirements, right? I mean, what are the requirements for running for president of the United States? 35 years old, naturalized citizen. You don't even, you know what? You can even be a felon. You can't, you could possibly not be legally able to vote, but you can still run for president in America. (laughs) 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 Um, But anyway, so it's just this, it's, if you love politics and you love, Seeing how things evolve over time. As part as part of just, you know, I don't know, just curiosity, I guess, at the end of the day. This evolution has been really fun to watch. Um this 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 diving into this 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 continuing I don't want to say diving into, but this continuing separation of races that people are doing, of going, "Eh, I like that candidate, I don't know about that candidate. It's not that America is becoming less partisan, certainly on the edges. It's more and more partisan. But there is something to be said about people in the middle who are going, you know, you know, hey, you know, I need lower gas prices. I'm voting for the Republican, you know, or when things are going well, you know, hey, look, that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we don't need to be so harsh on people. We can give more money to the needy, although Democrat, you know, whatever it may be whatever it may be, whatever, whatever generalization. And I'm not saying that Republicans don't need any of that. I'm just talking broad generalizations that people make and, and decide. So it has been fascinating. But let's dive into the polls. Um, let's talk Ohio. We're keeping that Senate seat. J.D. Vance, latest polling. Emerson, up by eight. Um, Ryan had a disastrous debate against Vance this week. Um Vance is going to close this one out. It looks like, unless something goes horrifically wrong. The other thing that's helping him is that, um, you know, with a popular governor at the top of the ticket, it's going to it's going to help him in there. So, so I think Ohio we can kind of check that box. Thank you very much. Not a surprise. Donald Trump won the state twice. Ohio, along with Florida, now seemed to be a somewhat repi- reliable Republican vote. Um, nice to see. Nice to see that. Um, the one thing that I, I did I dug into this. Poll a little bit because I, I thought eight seemed to be a little wide mm-hmm. um, the internals of this match what we spoke about the other day in the Wall Street Journal oh. Vance has expanded his lead among men to 18 points over Ryan however Ryan's lead, lead among women has diminished to one point 47 to 46 another indication that women are moving towards the Republicans in battleground states The closer we get to election day. Now, as we've been telling you, polls are a snapshot in time. In August, everyone was getting worried. The red wave is gone. Democrats might pick up seats. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. Just wait. Very long time. 24 hours is too long for a news cycle these days. News cycles are three hours these days. 60 days is a lot. But anyways, JD Vance, good job, well done. You didn't mess it up. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Well done. This is a very smart individual who 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 will be a great United States senator and will do a great job representing the people of Ohio. Um, Real clear politics. Carrie Lake up one point eight percent. Let's go. Yeah, I think that this one. I don't. I don't want to call it yet.
0: No, no, no.
1: Um, but um if things continue this way, I think Kerry Lake is going to be the next governor of, of Arizona um, if, I was, if I was a betting man. Uh, same in Nevada. Lombardo up 1.8. Same amount. Might take Nevada. Um, Real clear politics now has the Michigan governor's race leading Republican. So I don't know if I believe that because the polling average has Tudor Dixon down four points to an incumbent. <laughs> And remember folks, here's the key in Michigan. Abortion is on the ballot as a um
0: As a measure? As or a, a proposition measure. Or yeah,
1: as a prop. <laughs> so no. there's been I don't think it hit a hundred million, but I, I the number that I the last number I saw was fifty million dollars around this proposition it's been spent. Good lord. Yeah. So just keep that in mind with Michigan that there's another factor going on there that could, you know, Increase turnout uh, amongst the youth, young women, maybe. Um, that's just one thing to keep in mind. clear politics, like I said, um, leaning Michigan. Georgia, hold, thank you so much. Brian Kemp, thank gosh he won the primary. Lord only knows what we'd be dealing with if Purdue won that primary. <laughs> Why we primary a sitting governor who enacted some of the tightest strictest election laws in the country and who's done a great job for the state i do not know some people just would rather see a democrat win than their own enemy which is what we're dealing with in colorado we're going to touch on that in a second florida blowout desantis lay the groundwork for oh, i
0: didn't even know he was up for
1: <laughs> he's running against charlie Quest. oh oh god <laughs> Right? Yeah, no. DeSantis. He's um he's he's on the way to twenty twenty-four. Wisconsin, nail biter leaning Republican. Right. So Wisconsin's gonna be one of those races to, to watch coming out. Um the Senate races, as we went over, Masters and Kelly, that's a coin flip. Bolduke and Hassan in New Hampshire, that's a coin flip. Uh Rubio's gonna take down Demings in Florida, that's not gonna be a big deal. Wisconsin Ron, Ron John he's gonna beat it looks like he's gonna beat Barnes uh, up there in Wisconsin Nevada it looks like it's gonna be a win um, um, I just saw a headline this is the main headline on Fox News right now that um, that real clear politics has now moved Colorado Senate into the toss-up category. Whoa. Joe O'Day versus uh, the Trump endorsed Michael Pennett. <laughs> oh my God. Has he ever talked to Michael Bennett? Because I have, and let me tell you, he's terrible. You know, I I kid when I say it's Trump endorsed. Trump just said don't vote for Joe O'Day. Now, for me, that's a one way ticket out of the pro life movement, right? If you're if you're telling people to vote for a pro abortion at any reason Democrat over a pro life Republican, cyanara, buddy. Um but if I'm Joe O'Day and I'm running in a purple state, I get to raise my hand and say Donald Trump and Joe Biden hates me. That's a that's a pretty effective message in some of these states right now. And if I'm, if I if, if I may if I may say so myself, it's not a bad message to run on in a state like uh Colorado. And I know I know conservatives, you know, and and you know, I don't think well, I can as much as, as much as us in the conservative movement hate the fact that we have to hold our nose and, and, and deal with these purple state senators who don't always go our way, who might only vote with us 60% of the time or 70% of the time. Folks, 60% of the time is better than zero. Yep. 60% of the time is better than zero. Okay? We don't fight against people who want to defend life. We don't fight against people who want to cut taxes. We don't fight against people who want to lower the debt. Three things that Joe O'Day wants to do. Okay? Please vote for Joe O'Day in Colorado. Okay? Please. Please, please, please. Okay? Um, like he said, if you've ever spoken to Michael Bennett, you would know once and for all that he should not be a United States senator. He's the worst. Absolute worst. Um, but, you know, that's that's just that's just the nature of, of, of things these days. Um, but the real, so, so we're in a great spot. Um, I think, or a good spot, you know, I think we're in a good spot. I think this isn't going to be 2010. This isn't going to be the tea party election. We're not talking about 50, 60 seats. I think we're looking at 30, 35 in the house. And that's really what we need. I mean, we need the house, to get these investigations going, right? That's the big thing. Let's get the House, and let's get the investigations going. I think the Senate will tip on our balance. I saw Charlie Cook today, Cook Political Report, that we've mentioned here, left-leaning, Beltway Insider, you know, one of the guys you see on the Sunday shows, your classic prognosticator they bring out there. He has the GOP between 50 and 53.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah, so you can probably put it between 52 and 55. (laughs) <laughs> um, roll call. Good old roll call. Still, still going strong. Still around. Still around. Still around. Go, roll call's called it. Roll call's called it. House, give it to the Republicans. They're already calling call, it. Call, wow. Done. It's over. It's over. The only battle is in the Senate. Wow. House is over. Wow. House is over. Jake Tapper called it today. Over. Over. What? Done. Over. Unbelievable. Um, It's um, These are the times when the media starts putting out these messages to try to get us to rest on our laurels. Right? Take our guard down at the end. Mm. How long is a fight? It's 12 rounds. Okay? Don't drop your hands in the 12th round. You can still get caught with a hook and your lights are out, (laughs) okay? The game doesn't end until the whistle blows. So this is what the media likes to do, right? They want to try to get Republicans, "Oh, oh, 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 and keep our eye. No, 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 no. This doesn't mean... To not be an election watcher. This doesn't mean not to be a poll watcher. Go out there. If that's the volunteering that you want to do, go out there and do it. You want to drive people to the polls, do it. Make sure you continue. Don't think, oh, we got this in the bag. I can go enjoy my Tuesday if that's what you want to do. Right?
0: I would like to think that anyone who listens to our podcast is an active voter. I would like to hope
1: so. But anyway, so it's so... um so that's what's going on right now. Um, the other thing that I want to do today on the show, well, two things, I want to hit two quick things. Um, okay. First, political violence against a Republican. Oh. Have you heard anything about this, Katie? No, I have not. Now, have you heard about the Paul Pelosi attack? Oh, yes. Okay. Now, did you know that a Democrat um, opened fire to the House of a Republican candidate?
0: Oh my God. Almost
1: killed the guy's kids.
0: Good Lord.
1: Dead serious. Dead serious. This happened. New- what state
0: did this happen North
1: in? North Carolina District 14. Wow. Pat Harrigan. Green Beret. Green Beret Navy SEAL. Wouldn't me. Green Beret
0: was the shooter or the victim?
1: Victim. Former Green Beret. Former Green Beret. Kids at home. Now, his candidate, one of the things in this race is that his candidate says that Harrigan... Uh, Pat Harrigan doesn't, uh, doesn't live in the district, which is untrue. So his candidate, so his opponent, filmed an ad outside the guy's house. Well, guess what happened? One of the Democrat candidates' nut job supporters went and opened fire on the guy's house. Almost killed his kids. Have you heard anything from Joe Biden about this today? No. Anything from the White House? Anything from Nancy Pelosi? No, because violence against Republicans is fully endorsed by this administration. 100%. The fact that Joe Biden said nothing about this today is a full-throated endorsement that it is open season on Republicans. All right. So the next time you see him twirling, twirling his rosaries in his hand and carrying his Bible, just remember, Joe Biden looks the other way. When, Republicans are, when people attempt to murder Republicans. Just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that that's the kind of man that Joe Biden is. It's okay to kill someone as long as Joe Biden disagrees with their political stances. It's a hell of a way to go through life. All right. Now, what I really wanted to do is just give a... I wanted to do a little look back. Okay. 12 years ago, mm-hmm. for those of you who may know, I was, well at this time, an associate producer, junior producer, a couple months into job at a very, 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 very well-known nationally syndicated talk radio show. To the right of the right, I should say. And I pulled up some of our documents from that time because I kind of wanted to get a flavor of how things are going in 2010 compared to it was today. The first thing I noticed was that obama was everywhere yeah and michelle was everywhere they blanketed the country wherever they could go on the air and talk they went wherever they could give a speech they went everything was obama and and, everything with barack and michelle barack and michelle barack and michelle barack and michelle um obviously did a lot of good now The Democrats at this point were still completely in denial about what was happening. They did not believe the Tea Party way was going to happen, right? Right. Now, it's probably why they're taking this one a little bit more seriously than the last time because, one, they don't have an Obama in the White House, right? They have Biden. And no one wants to be seen with Joe Biden. <laughs> Even in 2010, when Barack Obama wasn't that popular, people say, well, I'd rather, be, you know, Barack Obama, you know, at least he brings the energy. Joe Biden just brings the confusion. Um, and so it was um, it was great looking back on this. And I found a particularly wo- I found some wonderful things. First of all, do you remember Jim DeMint?
0: Yes, that name is vaguely familiar.
1: Oh, man, a conservative's conservative. So conservative, he left the Senate to become head of the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> mm. They don't make him like anymore. Let me give you some of the names that won back here. Nikki Haley, 2010, oh, became yep. senator. Throw it back. Marco Rubio. It's
0: shockingly a lot of the same people.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's 12 years on, six and six. So you got a lot of the same um, This was the year I forgot about this one That Russ Feingold In Wisconsin Lost to Ron Johnson That one I don't know That's a, That was a big one Because Feingold was the big Progressive Blue collar guy Who they thought was, could be the next Who could go out Could be after Obama Right? He, they were prepping him to run after Obama right he could be senator maybe try to get into the wisconsin Where governorship
0: is he now? not in politics well
1: i guess he's probably teaching at madison i, I would assume <laughs> um alan west was another name that came out of here um uh roy blunt uh some 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 really great uh some really great names there there's two things that i wanted to highlight here rand paul um and there's a lot of it, uh, and you read this, it's the same, they use the same, um, they're, repeat, they're just repeating the same phrases they used in 2010, they're repeating it today. Um, uh, you know, Paul Krugman says if the election goes as expected, his advice is to be afraid, be very, very afraid. Nina Totenberg from NPR, what do you think about that? I'm already afraid, very afraid. I it's mean it's not like governance has been going great. I think I think well, I don't know whether I should be afraid. But there will be gridlock as if gridlock's a bad thing. Um Evan Thomas of Newsweek, remember that that I I is Evan Thomas still alive?
0: I don't even know who that is.
1: Oh, he's just yeah, I mean he was like if there was like a male version of a blue hair, that's Evan Thomas. Um you know, of course, that the attack on the Tea Party; these were unserious people. Just going to turn, turn, just going to turn Congress into a circus, right? As if Congress is anything ever but a circus, right? And that's the kind of historical ignorance you have to have as a as a Democrat to not realize that back in the eighteen hundreds, senators were beating the snot out of each other with canes on the Senate floor. But oh no, those were civilized, serious times. Alan West, veteran, serious guy. He is a circus clown. Um, so I got a kick looking back at all of the, you know, Lawrence O'Donnell, um, you know, Rachel Maddow, the conservative movement is eating the Republican, R- Republican moderates. Newsflash, Rachel Maddow. Republican moderates are the first people we always like to go against. <laughs> um, Lawrence O'Donnell said that Rand Paul was going to destroy the United States credit rating, wreak havoc and cause a worldwide depression.
0: This is just a good time to remind you all that these were on quote unquote news programs.
1: This is news program. This is news programs. Um, Also, um, they also Lawrence O'Donnell, this was a loss for Republicans. They should have won by more. Oh, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Um, Very, I mean, very, very, very wonderful stuff. Um, some quick things, um, that I, um, um, that I wanted to, to, oh, Michelle Bachman, making fun of Chris, Chris Matthews. I'm looking at all of what these sound clips that we happened have. What her? Well, oh, she ran for president. Well, you know <laughs> what, you know what, you want to know what happened to Michelle o. Bachman? Hmm. Michelle Bachman, Michelle O Michelle Bachman, Michelle Bachman, she let Time Magazine pick, pick what photo they were going to use of her on the Ooh. cover. Remember yeah. that? Not a good look. Not again, look, the crazy eyes I think we remember that but Michelle Bachman on Tuesday night of that election went on a hardball with Chris Matthews and he goes, goes I think the people are thrilled tonight I imagine that thrill is not so tingly on your leg anymore what remember Michelle Bachman the original Carrie Lake if you will Man. um <clears throat> Really, really, really wonderful things. Um, two quotes that I wanted to pull up real quickly. One, I think, is um, if you're, if we are, if, if fingers crossed, toes crossed, things go well for us next Tuesday, I want us to take in the words of Haley Barber from 2010, who was the Republican governor uh, uh, chairman at the time. Now, yeah, Republican governor uh, chairman at the time. Mm hmm. Um, and I would consider an establishment Republican. Okay. Very establishment Republican. Now, and I always say this, folks, just because someone is of a specific party or title or wing, the one thing I can't stand that people do is go, I'm not going to listen to that person because they can't possibly be right about something because of they voted this way or voted that way. Folks. No one's 100% right. No one's 100% wrong. I look at this Haley Barber because Haley Barber said a ton of things that I disagree with politically. But one of the things he said is is that this is a repudiation of Obama's policies, right? And this is what Tuesday is going to be. Tuesday is going to be a repudiation of the woke liberal agenda, the men can get pregnant nonsense the left has been pushing on us for the past two years. It's not that the public is saying, hey, Republicans, you're all wonderful. Yep. They're giving us a chance. Y'all messed up the last time, so you got to earn it this time. Yeah. Now, let's keep that in mind, okay? This isn't a, if, if things go well next week, just remember that's voters giving us conservatives another chance to show them how we can make a positive impact in their life. Voters are not looking to go back to the past. They're not looking to relitigate old issues. They want to see lower gas prices. They want to see lower prices at the grocery store. All you read in the news today are mass layoffs among companies. Right before the holiday season, people want to know, am I going to have a job? So let's keep that in mind. This is not a stepping stone to the next election. This is a let's prove ourselves. Because if we prove ourselves over the next two months and put forward policies and plans that, hey, maybe they don't get done. We don't control the White House. But if we keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them and and the Democrats keep pushing back and things keep getting worse, that's... Horrible. But keep in mind that may be the only thing that we can do. Which means we have to be continue to be disciplined. We have to continue to keep a long term view of things. And it's so hard these days because the average human attention span is eight seconds. Less than a goldfish.
0: So you stopped listening like thirty-five minutes ago.
1: Probably. Probably. <laughs> maybe maybe thirty-four, you know. Well. Probably probably after I reminded everyone that Donald Trump endorsed a Democrat. Um, um, that was the first thing that I wanted to bring up, of just, let's remember, elections are not full throated endorsements. Elections in this country tend to be, we really hate what's going on. Show us something different. Number one. Number two, I got an absolute kick out of this. I'm flipping through this and I get to section 8. Now this was the first draft of our Wednesday sound. And it ran 11 pages. Now folks, generally on our show we had about 3 pages of sound. 3 pages of clips that we get pulled to. And I'm looking at page 8 and I go voter fraud. Ooh. Voter fraud. Now For those of us who have been in the conservative movement our entire lives, we know that voter fraud has been something we've been fighting against, well, our entire lives. A lot of us remember the 2006 election in Minnesota, where a whole bunch of hundreds, a couple of hundred felons were illegally allowed to vote, and it tipped the scales from Norm Coleman to Al Franken. And That's a very real example of voter fraud that happened in America. Now, um, and of course, you know, there have been wonderful people who have written about this. Hans Van Spokowski is one of those people who um, who really has been leading the charge, who led the charge on this at the time. And there's been there have been so much great work and it led to. Stronger laws in Arizona, led to stronger laws in Georgia that have been enacted over the past, uh, 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 you know, since the 2018, 2019 period, Um, some really, uh, and voter ID laws, right? This is all stuff the conservative movement has been fighting for forever and ever and ever. This is not a new topic. Some people think it's new because they're new to this. But for those of us who have been doing this and involved in this for, for years and have worked on this, We've been working on this forever, which is why it's so deeply offensive to a lot of us when people go, your vote doesn't matter, Democrats control the whole thing anyways, or it's already rigged. Well, I'm sorry, Uh, me and my friends uh, busted our asses for years to get Republicans elected and went on the road to knock doors in different states and to to organize people, to make phone calls and and go to rallies and do all this stuff. So every time when I hear someone say, oh, it doesn't matter, it's rigged, I hear them basically saying, you're an idiot who wasted their time with your profession, frankly.
0: Well, I don't know if we need to go down that I do. avenue. I do.
1: I really don't like when I hear people in the media who are going, oh you know it's all rigged you know like these steve bannons and these cash patels and these people who are just grifters looking to make their last buck before they head off to prison all right (laughs) folks people for decades have been fighting over this people bust their butts day in and day out to get republicans and conservatives elected do not think that this stuff is rigged because there are conservatives fighting to make sure that this stuff does not happen at the state and local level constantly. And here is proof right here. Democrats claim that the King Street Patriots are intimidating voters in minority areas, but they say they're worried about voter fraud. Right? So here it is. They said that, so we had a group of people in Harris County, Texas, who were looking after the polls. Who are looking after drop boxes. Who are making sure that there wasn't any... They were poll watchers. They were making sure there wasn't any funny business going on. Back in 2010. How great is that? This is not a new phenomenon. Because people have cared about this forever. Right? This is what we do as activists. This is what we do as conservatives. We want to make sure the playing field's fair for our candidates. Because we know at the end of the day, in a fair fight, we win. That's why the Democrats don't like poll watchers. This is why the Democrats have their judges get people to go away from the Arizona polls by 250 feet, right? We don't need to do that as Republicans because we know our ideas win. So here it is. (laughs) And then, of course, it goes to the new Black Panthers, who are also patrolling the polls in Philadelphia. (laughs) I just got a kick out of this. I just love this because it was just such like a... Everything old is new again kind of thing that we've been fighting this battle forever. And I just got an absolute kick out of this because, you know, we, 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 we focus so much on the, 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 the modern, you know, the immediate times that we have to face. And we forget that this kind of stuff has been bubbling up forever. So remember, just keep this in mind, right? Don't panic. There's great people out there doing great work, making sure that things are fine. Just because something doesn't go your way doesn't mean it was fixed, okay? That's because that's really discounting a lot of hard work that people do. Um, So I just really, really, really got a kick out of reading that because it's something I admit I forgot. I forgot how intense that was um, during this. Um, so that's the last thing that i that I really, really, really saw and just and just I just got an absolute kick out of that we that I forgot you know about how how much we were still fighting that battle back in the day and continue to do to this day um the last thing that i that i I don't really have a food topic, but I didn't want to talk about Twitter,
0: okay, let's talk about Twitter or what's left of it?
1: Is there gonna be anything? do you think there's gonna be a twitter
0: I mean. They will be left with the worst employees, because they got rid of half of them already, unknown if they were good or bad, doesn't matter, because whoever's left is surely looking for a new job.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, there's no way you could stay.
0: No way you would stay. So I mean, they're eventually just going to be completely gutted. Mm-hmm. so. I don't really know what the plan is, to be honest.
1: Well, let me ask you this. If you're an advertiser, and I work in advertising.
0: So I should be asking you.
1: Well, I guess I kind of want to ask you because I can tell you right now, I handle tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars in ad spend every year. That's my job. My job is to optimize millions of dollars in ad spend. A lot of money. Um, I spend zero on Twitter. Yeah. Zero. Zero. It's not going to increase now that Elon Musk.
0: I I haven't done enough investigation to really understand why he did it, um, so I can't really say what the direction is going to be. But I am fairly certain that what they they're left with like thirty seven hundred employees or something. In six months, it'll be a thousand.
1: Do you think that many?
0: Well, they're gonna be left with the people who couldn't find a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the
1: well, that's kind of the funny thing, right? I think that that's like a really great point. Is that um, they're they're intentionally kind of shooting themselves in the foot here. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's not. Well, I guess, I mean I mean maybe they're looking at it as hey, um, there is such a. There's going to be such a demand. Uh, there's, there, there's going to be such a supply of workers. We're going to be able to pick and choose who we want to fill these roles. If you want to come work with us, hey, you don't want to work here. That's fine. We'll pick the people who want to come. You want to come work for Twitter? Come. You know the deal. They're going to have to work 80 hour weeks. No more uh, days of rest or it weeks of rest. Terrible. It really does. It sounds like a sweatshop.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and I think he's going to force everyone to come back to the office, which like, that's not going to work out well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, it's like the total, like the completely most toxic work environment I think you could you could possibly think of, and I'm just not sure like where the revenue is going to come from. I mean, do people really want to pay money okay, to
0: tweet? I f- finally found an article on it. Mm-hmm. He defends his firing by saying that they're losing four million dollars a day. <laughs> I don't know how this is even helping because I'm pretty sure they 3 months severance to everyone. So they're really not cutting costs. February 2nd, 2023. That's when the costs finally go.
1: $4 million a day. Wow. That's actually, what yeah, is that? He billion? Said, a billion a year.
0: Regarding Twitter's reduction in force, unfortunately, there is no choice when the company is losing over $4 million a day, he said. Everyone exited was offered three months of severance, which is 50% more than legally required. So.
1: There you go.
0: I don't know. Um, so he was
1: compassionate aspiring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess his goal is to turn it profitable, mm-hmm. um, which not a lot of tech companies are. Um, so. Interesting. I'm gonna see how how it plays out, but I just, knowing how incredibly soft everyone is who works in tech, and I'm talking like the softest of the soft people, there's no way these softies stick around.
1: No, why would you, why would you? Why would you? You can go join some random startup, probably. Be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a refugee from, you know, Planet Musk, please help. And get um, a cushy gig and ride that out for six months until that collapses and dies.
0: Some random person. I don't know if you know this person, I don't know this person. I'm
1: a Twitter shareholder and I approve of this move. Twitter's profit this year was a negative two hundred and seventy million. It's grossly mismanaged and was mainly used as a political weapon for the Democrat Party. That's no way to run a business. Elon Musk is retooling for business. Well, I mean, anyone could be a shareholder. Uh, you know, you can. What's uh, Twitter stock? Forty five bucks, fifty bucks.
0: Yeah, I am just like curious if Daily Mail is just trying to find a a tweet that supports it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good picture. That's the kind of work environment you want to see in someone sleeping in the sleeping bag. You know. By the way, last time I slept in an office 2020, 2010 election. There you go. Slept under the desk. All of us did.
0: I would like to say I have never had to sleep at the office. And oh, it was a
1: blast. We had a party. We were staying up, cutting audio all night, putting together the show, calling people. No. It's a thrill. It's a thrill when you've got senators left calling your personal cell phone trying to get on the show. It was a blast. Yeah, okay. It was a blast.
0: Okay.
1: One of the, the easily the most fun week of work I've ever had and ever will have. And it is why I will always remain eternally optimistic that we are going to win. Because no one has as much fun as conservatives do on election night.
0: <laughs> there we go. All right. Well this is way over time. Way so over. We're we not will having catch dinner tonight. You <laughs> on Monday on our pre election Coverage and then Wednesday for our post-election. And something tells me Max is going to record on election day, but we'll see how that
1: goes. We're not going to record on election day. We're recording after election day. I'm going to hold off until Wednesday. The only thing I need to uh, the only thing I know right now is that it's margarita time. Yeah. (laughs) All right. It's been a long enough week, as you said.
0: We'll see you Monday. Make sure to vote Monday. Drill baby
1: drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come.
0: It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton.
1: I say, America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes.
0: This jet is a mess.